Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Welcome to The Table. We discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Daryl Bach, Executive Director for Cultural Engagement at the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. And our topic today is the family, and I am surrounded by two people who work with an organization called Family Matters, which sounds like a great organization. <laughs> it does. That's right. And I see the address here is Scottsdale, Arizona. Is yes. that right? So, it is. Our, so do you all live in Arizona we currently? Do. Okay, we do. very cool. Our get are Tim and Darcy Kimmel. Uh, Tim is Executive Director of Family Matters, and Darcy is the Vice President there. And uh, but but when I asked Tim, you know, how should I introduce him? He said, "Well, I'm an IMM, which means an International Man of Mystery." So there you go. I think that works. <laughs> yeah. So our, so this is yeah. a total podcast on disclosure. There you okay. go. Oh, man, I'm in and, now. He's uh, still a mystery to me. Yeah, I'm still, still trying to figure him out. After how many years of marriage? Forty-seven. Oh yeah. man, that's a, a that's even frightening to contemplate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're in the hope business. You want to bring yeah. hope to families. Yeah, is that I do. right? I do. That's great. That's what we're about. Uh, so we're we're excited to have you, Tim, Thanks. as host, a part of a, a conference that we're doing here on on what we call pastoring the parents. And uh, actually, I think he's he's played the cards with it. pastoring the parents. You mean the parents need to be pastored? Well, yeah. actually, it's the parents who are the key. So yeah, they are. So so we're going to talk about that a little bit. So let me let me just start with the general question we mm-hmm. open our podcast with is, you know, how did you get in this? What, what's a good Dallas Seminary grad like you doing in a business like this? I mean, <laughs> how did you end up in this place? Yeah. We, you know, when we were here, we worked with a ministry called Young Life, and we had not been inter- introduced to it guy that, until yeah. we came here. And we just love the way, um, you know, that, that winning the right to be heard and, right. and having yeah. a relational type of uh, evangelism. And so I was recruited by a church in Scottsdale to be their youth pastor. Hmm. And, and, and but as I worked with the kids, I kept thinking, boy, if I could just get some time with their parents, mm-hmm. I think we could help them a little bit on that. And then uh, uh, there was a guy doing conference speaking named Dawson McAllister. Oh, yeah. You remember Dawson? Which I sure do. And he was just kind of overwhelmed with the uh, demand on him, and he said, uh, would you be willing to team up with me and let me start sending you out? And we did that, and, and, and that's how I got started in it. I never planned on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was going to be a pastor of a church. Uh, but apparently, God doesn't trust me with a church much longer than a weekend, and so, <laughs> so, so, so he he started doing that. But then he decided to relocate in Tennessee, and that's when we started Family Matters, hmm. and it morphed from me speaking to youth to speaking to their parents, and then speaking to them as couples. Mm-hmm. And um, but but God is good, and 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 somebody helped me too. You know, he, God calls most people to a church, but He calls a handful of people to the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like you. You're, yeah, you're one of those too. Yeah, yeah, I am one of those people. So uh, we're, we're vagabonds. We just yeah, go we from are. place to place. We are. Darcy, what about you? Obviously, the part of it is the connection that you have. I mean, <laughs> right. I get that part. But yeah. how did how did how did your interest in this develop? Well, we um, of course were in seminary, mm-hmm. and at that time we were trying not to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it might be a little better, um, and then we um, went to the church in Scottsdale, and we had a really hard time having a family. Mm-hmm. And when we finally did, I think we had been in youth ministry so long that we thought, you know, um, we need 
we need to know how God wants us to parent our own children. Mm -hmm. And we had seen the result of some poor parenting as we worked with the youth. Mm -hmm. So that's where we started to um, research and, and just see the plan that God had for us as parents. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that part of what uh, triggered your ministry was you had gone through, if I can say this, the school of hard knocks yes. by watching some parents try and parent, uh, maybe over-parent, yeah. and in the process – Over-parenting and under-parenting. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the process uh, worked out, well, how are ways we can mm -hmm. help these parents with their kids? Yeah. And, and by the way, Daryl, I never question these parents – Love their kids. They yeah. they, they deeply love their children, but but there was um, they they were just struggling, and then of course the the culture was changing rapidly on them and 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 coming at them fast, and the kids were changing. Uh, so in the midst of that, plus part of it was our own selfish journey. We were going to be parents now, and and we'd never done that before. We said, let's try not to mess this up too badly, <laughs> and and that's when I think we got on this journey. And Darcy was, I think, really the impetus to get us to look at God through the lens of his role as a parent in mm -hmm. the Bible. And that's when things just started to open up for us. Okay, now that's, that's – I'm going to save that for later because that, yeah. that is really an important idea. We, and, I, and I've just heard you speak on this, and, mm -hmm. and there are a ton of things. But <laughs> the thing that hit me right off the bat is, is um, after listening to your talk, I, I suspect I couldn't get you to write an endorsement for being a helicopter parent. No. No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. High control parent. What is the new one, the lawn? Lawnmower oh, or the bulldozer parent. You okay. know, they just so let's, really go, let's go through these descriptions okay. so people don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. so, so since we're going to kind of challenge these sure. pictures, the helicopter parent is they hover. Oh, they hover. They're, they're, they're up close. They're, uh, they're always, always there. there, watching. They're protecting. Yeah. They the kids. call their college student to make sure they're up. Yeah, to the point that some of the parents even want to go on job interviews with their children. Yeah, yeah. Just, wow. yeah we actually had a a couple. Uh, they they the husband and wife were having struggles, and they confronted us as we're, we're walking to church in the parking lot. And mm -hmm. He says, "Help us right now!" and and she was calling her son in college to make sure he got up. She knew what his tests were, what his quiz were, what homework he had. He, she was tracking it, making sure he had it all done. And and I'm looking at her, and I said. You gotta stop that. Mm -hmm. You gotta that. That's not gonna work. And she's but, but right away. Mm -hmm. was, yeah, but 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 I'm afraid. Uh, there's I'm the afraid. Word. Yep. And what she was mostly afraid of is that he would sleep in and he'd flunk some things. And 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 and, and I says, and, and who's that gonna hurt the most? She says, it's gonna hurt. And then she wrote, it's gonna hurt me the most. Mm -hmm. I can't stand to see my kid mm -hmm. not do. And I says, so mom, this isn't about loving your son. This mm -hmm. is about loving you. Yeah. And the best thing you can do for this kid is, if he doesn't get up, let him flunk some stuff and get the consequences, figure it out, uh, and he can pay his way out of that semester of college and get back on track. It's not that bad of a deal. Okay, so that's the helicopter. Yeah. So let's come down to earth. <laughs> okay, yeah. lawnmower parent. Well, that's a new one to me. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm feeling nervous because well, I already have little hairs. Yeah. Is, no, so. <laughs> lawnmower parents. Uh, this 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 uh, teachers are very aware of these. These are parents that uh, just kind of mow down anybody, anything that is going to uh, get in the way of their kid getting what that parent feels they need. And so it's a very competitive thing. It's um, So the scam thing that we've just been through on college admission is yeah, an example be an of being example. a lawnmower parent. Example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. example. Or the coach um, 
you know, the high school coach, the baseball coach isn't playing their kid, oh, and yeah. they they spent years with them in in with a private coach and uh, travel ball and. Well, the coach says, well, it's because I've got better players. <laughs> my, yeah. my job is to put the Minor best players detail. out there. And, <laughs> yeah. and, but, but, but they yeah. – no, so they go to the principal, and they want the coach fired. That's, mm-hmm. that's a – that's, that's a lawnmower parent. parent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a nuclear parent to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not Just so many blow it up. Yeah. 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 But but you know it it also works from a, a very flawed view of of success that mm-hmm. I think we have been uh, um, oh colonized into. I use that term mm-hmm. by our culture mm-hmm. that uh, success is about wealth and about beauty and power and fame. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the Bible says. Yeah. And and so because they we buy into that and we we, we we embrace the success illusion and then we pass it on to our kids, we shouldn't be surprised that there's a lot of anxiety in families. Okay, so <laughs> let, let me let me bring up a couple. Of, there were a couple of other things where you said I, I think we've already triggered one of the words, mm-hmm. which is the word fear. Yes, uh, that a lot of parents operate out of a what there's a there's a lot of fear based parenting going on mm-hmm. is what you say. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to unpack that for us. Mm-hmm. What would take you a stab at it? Yeah. Well, um, actually, it breaks your heart when you see someone who has uh, claimed Jesus Christ as their Savior and has the power of the Holy Spirit, and yet they are frightened, so frightened of the culture that they want to hyper protect their child. Um, mm. To they want a good result, but that good result is not going to come from that strategy yeah. mm-hmm. because we're trying to teach our children that there's a mighty God out there, mm-hmm. and how can they believe that when mm-hmm. we're not acting like it? So uh, mm-hmm. this is a parody on on a famous Bible verse, so that the, the, operating out of fear is a little bit like saying, greater is he who is out there than the one who is exactly. in us. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And That's the flip. Yeah, yeah. And so, but in fact, the text says, greater is he who is mm-hmm. in us than the one yeah. who's in the world. Darrell, I was doing a, um, a radio interview one time on a, on a syndicated show, and I was talking about how you know God has not called us to raise safe kids; He's called us to raise strong kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you got to do that is you got to let them uh, be out there to to um, see if He's true and real by by engaging the culture right. around them and yep. letting them live in it and so forth. And well, anyway, I a man called in and he was very angry at me, <clears throat> and he thought I was an irresponsible um, voice for parenting and 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 all because he says I think you're. Uh, you're you're leading parents astray because uh, there the, you should not you should always protect your kids you should hold them away from the world you, the cloistering that kind of yeah. thing and and so he says and I'll give you an example he says if you put on a white glove and you stick your hand in the mud what happens I said well you get mud all over your glove he says you see that's why you can't let your kids be around non Christian kids or 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 listen to the that kind of music or whatever. And I and I said, you know, sir, I I, I feel a little bad because I'm familiar with your analogy. Mm-hmm. Here's what gets me about that analogy: you're giving all the power to the mud. Mm-hmm. You're not giving any power to the blood mm-hmm. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I use that verse: Do you believe greater is He was in you than He was in the world? And see, somehow we have to raise our kids, understand that we believe that. 
we're confident in that, and then help them. But 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 I want to qualify something. I'm not saying throw them to the wolves. Yeah. Because the world there's clear and present danger out there, no right. doubt about it, and and we got to be aware about it and sh- and shrewd about it. But but at the same time, we got to show them not just how to survive in a lost world, but how to thrive. When they establish the church, Paul established a church in some very vile places. Mm-hmm. If we were walking back there in Corinth or Philippi or, or Athens, it, it, when you walked in the square, it was like walking through a porn shop. Yeah, I call Corinth the Las Vegas of the yeah, ancient yeah, world. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It, it, now, now, when they finally got a, a fairly sizable church, here's what they didn't do. They didn't say, let's get out of here. They didn't do that. Mm-mm. They said, let's turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. And, and what they turned the lights on with was the love of God, the mercy of God, the compassion of God for people who were just lost. And, and that impacted them. Uh, but I think that we, we enjoy such a comfortable Christian life, and, and it's easy to – it becomes more like – our churches are more like Christian country clubs mm-hmm. that we can hide in. And I, I, I just want to show balance here. Obviously – Little kids, you got to be careful. But I think when we have a home that is representing the heart of Jesus, not the Word of God in His heart, they can grow and thrive in that and go out. And, and, and I don't know a child who grows up who won't eventually, if you know, assuming they live, mm-hmm. become a parent, and have to make decisions for themselves. Yeah. So how do you make decisions for yourself if all your decisions are being made for you by your parents? That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the things we're supposed to train them is how to make good choices. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to learn how to make good ones, they have to make some bad ones mm-hmm. and suffer mm-hmm. the consequences. That's how they grow. Yeah. And and so I, I, I love what you all are doing because I think it uh, – I've, I've been around helicopter parents, lawnmower yeah. parents, et cetera. And of course, what happens is the, when a when a child grows up and they enter the world, what often happens is they enter the world, they've never had the freedom, they've never been told, right. they've been taught how to responsibly deal with the freedom, and the freedom <clears throat> the freedom overwhelms them, and everything that the parent feared would happen to their child <laughs> while protecting them yeah. happens to the child. <laughs> yeah, many yeah. times over. Yeah, and, and it's done in a context in which the errors and the mistakes aren't little mistakes, they're big mistakes. They're big. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, so, I mean, so the, the shrapnel's everywhere. You're so, you know, I wrote a book called Why Christian Kids Rebel, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I had a chart in there, and I said, you know, the two big jobs we have as parents is to protect our children and then prepare them to mm-hmm. ultimately be out there. Now, when they're young, that's the main time the age of preparation is, but when they turn about six, you want to start backing that, 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 that protection, excuse me, the age of pr- protection. Right. You want to start backing that protection off. Yeah. Up th- down to about twelve, and through their teenagers, you're hardly making any decisions. It's like training wheels on a bike. Exactly. Yeah. But now, as the as the as the protection is backing down, the preparation is coming up to speed. Right. And so, by the time when they when when you send them off to uh, you know a, a university or something like that, they've been brought up to speed. But when we're fear based or performance based parents, and we're calling all the shots for them, they go off to university, and we can't believe that they're drinking beer by the keg. Yeah. You know, buying condoms by the gross. Yeah. What happened? Well, you know, home is basic training for real life. And in, you know, people that have served in the military in basic training, there's times where they're trying to teach you to keep your head down on a battlefield. They use real bullets. Mm hmm. They don't want to, they don't want to kill any of their people. They just say, we want to make sure we've done everything to prepare them for what's out there. And like talking talking to your kids about sex, I think you got to start talking to them about it, like when they're five, mm-hmm. and and just and say this is we're in a journey. There's a minefield out there. Don't worry though, we've been across it. 
and we will go across it with you. But but Darcy's right. They will make mistakes. Mm -hmm. They will falter. I'd rather them do that under my roof. Yeah, and I'd rather them be the the initial stakes be what I call little mistakes. Yes, exactly. As right. opposed to the big Compared ones that would come change. later. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so so that's that's the fear part, and and part of it is uh, where there is deep fear. Um, I think there's a flip side, and the flip side is there's a lack of trust. There's a lack of trust in in yes. caring uh, caring for the way in which God deals with people and 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 parenting is stewardship. It is you're stewarding the life mm -hmm. of another child, and eventually and eventually the goal of that stewardship is to you never completely relinquish that stewardship, but to step back and and prepare them for the life that they're going to live. They're not living your you're not living your life through them. Right. No, and, it be that uh, way. and and yet what I see in a lot of fear based parenting is this lack of trust of God. Uh, a lack of trust of trusting um, you know, if you're part of a good community, mm -hmm. um, you're not the only person feeding into the life of this child. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, your community is feeding right. into the life of this child, and hopefully there are good people in the community who feed into the life of the child. Virtually every teenager I know who ha who builds character has a close relationship with another adult mm -hmm. who's not a family member, mm -hmm. who they confide in because they sometimes aren't yeah, comfortable coach, doing it with right? a, co a coach or a right. teacher or whatever. Right. Um, uh, maybe a youth leader can be all right. kinds of people. Um, you know, So you're not in this alone. No. And uh, there, there's just a lot of reasons not to be fearful is, is basically what I'm driving at. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, when Jesus said, you know, I am the Alpha and the Omega, he, that was the A and Z of the Greek language he was using, and, and he was basically saying, I, I am the God who had the first word. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's going to have the last one. And then what he goes on from there is he unpacks the revelation. Right. And that's the last chapter of the story. He right. says, okay, now re, you're, you're allowed to peek at the end. Yeah. We win. Yeah. You're okay. You're safe. And A to Z is kind of a way of saying I've got this covered from I start to finish. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, <you> know. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, uh, one of the triggers to fear for me is that I am not in the Word. I am not experiencing God like I should be. So I'm not trusting Him mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. He says to do. Right. And um, and it's not a good way to train yeah. your children to trust God either when they see you not trusting him. Yeah, uh, well, obviously if it's not being yeah. modeled, it's not. By the way, we ought to qualify that some people are fearful because um, they were raised that way. Yes. And so they, that, that's part of the model that they had. And then they, then let's let's be honest, that some people went through some real crises. Right. And, 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 and uh, there's a lot of pain and hurt. No one's trivializing the severity of that. Yeah. Th that's real stuff. Um, but but what we want to do is make sure that we're bringing God, the, the, the hope of the gospel, to the middle of it. And, um, um, you know, he, the Holy Spirit is in us. He, he says, the, you know what kind of power I have? I'm putting you, I'm, my presence is in you. It's the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. That's right. And so, but, but I think more than anything, we can we could talk about the, the the you know the 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 flaws of fear-based parenting but the only real anecdote to that is an intimate heart connection with the lord and 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 when and when we're in pursuit of god's heart i think he starts to belay those fears mm -hmm. 
and uh, and we just start to trust him. Well, before I turn there, I want to I want to yeah. deal with two other things that are kind of in this bucket. Right. Uh, uh, first is, and this is uh, also another balancing remark. It isn't to say that the risks that aren't out there aren't real, mm-hmm. and the risks that are out there aren't dangerous. They are. Mm-hmm. There, and it isn't to say that a parent who hovers or mows. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't expressing concern for their child. It's actually a, a deep concern that's mm-hmm. present. That's important to recognize. The question is how to deal with that risk and how to deal with that concern yeah. in a way that it that ends up helping uh, helping the child move into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And, and face life. And, and so there, there's another category that you raised that I want to touch on briefly before we turn to the solutions. Mm-hmm. And that is um, uh, you put f- you, in one sentence you had fear and you juxtapose it to performance. Yes. Or another way I think you said it is you talk about um, people either care about risks or they care about, uh, about their safety and image. Image, I, image yeah. maintenance. Yeah, Im, image management, spiritual yeah. image control. Yeah, uh, sin management. Yeah, um, th- these are all all things that I think many times when we bought in to uh, misunderstanding that the Christian life is a performance that 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 it we are being judged and and valued. By the way, some churches you you have reason to feel that way. Right. Absolutely. There, there's no you know you you you. Um, you're you're going to be uh, marginalized or condemned if your kids act a certain way, but but we're we're very aware that the church has always struggled with legalism. But mm-hmm. it is a it is just brings the worst out of a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I I look at all this stuff and I, I see evangelical behavioral modification going on in a lot of, <laughs> uh-huh. of homes, but that's all surfacey. It's outside in. Yeah. And it, I think it lends itself to high control, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for instance, I, I wrote a book called The High Cost of High Control, and I define a high control as when I, when I leverage the strength of my personality or my position against your weaknesses in order to get you to meet my selfish agenda. Mm, and many times, the selfish agenda is I want my kids to make me look like you know, right. I'm not that goofy a parent. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, but but they're they're going to make uh, mistakes, and then the whole sin management thing. One of the things that I think uh, parents think: if I just keep my kids away from certain temptations and certain problems out there, well, then they won't fall into it. By the way, there's there's some some things you want to guard them from, but but you want to say, mom, dad. That problem's already on board. Yeah, sin is in the camp. Uh, whether, yeah. It's in the camp. Whether you expose them to it or not, you gave birth to a kid that has a sin problem. Mm-hmm. And 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 the only parents that the only people that ever give me pushback are the people that have no kids. Mm-hmm. Once you have a kid, oh yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> One round of terrible twos yeah, takes yeah, care of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the, the 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 sin nature that we inherit is so easy to prove. Uh, just when you talk to parents, did you have to teach your kid to to talk back to you, or to lie, or to hit clobber their the, hit their hit their sibling or whatever. No, no, no. They did. All, yeah. Did you ever have to teach them to say please, or thank you, or I'm sorry? You know, you have, all the good stuff you have to teach them. All the bad stuff they know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, but the Bible tells us that. But right. that's that's why we have a solution in that in the gospel. Right. This episode is brought to you by the Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. 
You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like, If you're a Christian, you have to vote Republican. Huh. That raises an interesting question. How did evangelicals like me get to the place where we just assumed we'd all vote one way? This season on the Truce Podcast, we're diving deep into the complexity of the 1970s and 80s to understand how evangelicals tied themselves to the Republican Party. It's a story that involves murder, corruption, redemption, and our need to be heard. I'll be talking with celebrated historians like Rick Perlstein, Pulitzer Prize winners Francis Fitzgerald and Jesse Isinger, and some of the best guests I've ever had. Truce is the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars in order to explore how we got here and how we can do better. Subscribe to Truce anywhere you get podcasts or listen at trucepodcast.com. So let's let's turn in that direction. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about grace. Yes. And uh, I, I think the the line that that I that I caught on that kind of goes in this direction is that you want people you want to treat kids the way God treats us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and I think I get what's in the background of that. You know, if God if God had evaluated and treated us on the basis of our performance. Okay, uh, it would be a short show. Yeah, very short show. <laughs> We'd all have rest in peace in front of exactly us. Exactly right. So, so we are the recipients of God's immense grace, his love, his kindness, his patience, his endurance, uh, his perseverance, and even his enablement. I mean, he, he even supplies what we lack mm-hmm. and, and offers to take uh, what we deserve. You put that all together, so what does that look like in a parent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and right away let's let's deal with the um, the elephants in the room. Okay. The the or 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 uh, what's another way of putting it? The um, oh, um, what, what did I what did I call those things? The urban legends, the evangelical urban legends that have been out there. That uh-huh. that the assumption that grace, when you start talking about grace and relationships and parenting, it's like letting kids get away with murder and not having any boundaries and no consequences and no discipline and and all. But but see, that's a misunderstanding of grace. Mm-hmm. Discipline is a form of grace. Mm-hmm. It's saying I love you too much to stand idly by and watch you grow up to be a fool. I'm going to stand on your air hose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to correct you because mm-hmm. I care. Uh, and and um, but I'm also going to let you make decisions, right? I, I mean, I'm, 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 it's yeah. it's it's your it's your life. It's your actions. It's your response. You're actually teaching them stewardship. Yeah, and they have to steward what's in their lives. You can't steward it for them. That's exactly right. Especially uh, as they move into those teenage years, you got to hand a lot of that over to them. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, one of the things, one of the freedoms that God gives us is He gives us the freedom to be imperfect mm-hmm. or to make mistakes. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't consequences, but but He's saying when I say the freedom, meaning my love for you is not attached to your behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you get it wrong, don't worry about whether my love is there. And and that's – I don't think a lot of Christians actually believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so so when we start to connect our frustration with our kid, or you embarrass me, or I'm so let down by you, and on and on and on, and the kids start realizing, my mom's affection and, and concern for me is – it's not about me; it's about her. Yeah, and I've yeah. got to jump through all these hoops. Right. Um, it gives a bad idea of what God. God doesn't treat us that way, and so it just treat them like, treat them like He treats us. He He loves us. 
He, he, uh, he's long-suffering. He's forgiving. He never gives up on us. And, and I think that's if, – if, if a person just has one person in their life of influence that treats them like that, it's amazing what God can do. And we have moms and dads. You know, I, I, I can't um, get past this without thinking about the amount of testimonies that I think I've heard. You know, testimonies are a big mm-hmm. deal, right, in mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. that goes something like this. When I was trying to struggle to find myself, et cetera, this teacher or mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. coach or so- someone Grandma. came alongside me and said, look, a lot of people may not think you're anything, but I think you are great. And and stood behind him and got behind him and was I mean uh, the Hendricks Center is named after Howard Hendricks he was adopted and one of the great stories that he tells is he was seen he was you know ADD and wound up and, you know, I know all about be, that be around I do too and so you, you know you know what that's like and you know how people say just control the kid can yeah. you please yeah. just control the kid and someone came along and said I believe in you and it was a he walked into a class of the way the story goes I've heard Bill tell this he walked into a class and the teacher says your reputation has come before you and I don't believe a word of it yeah changed his life yeah. I had a sixth grade English teacher, same thing with me, basically. And so someone comes alongside and yep. says, I believe in you, and, and, and then does the nurturing that is required. I had a high school coach who taught me the value of discipline. You know, I can't just do anything I want any way I want it. That that is very, very destructive. And uh, but I also knew he cared about me. Well, and I think so many times we forget that delight, a gracious delight, sets the table for discipline. Mm-hmm. That if a child knows that you think they, you know, hung the moon, mm-hmm. and and you're there for them, then when you have to say. Uh, sit down here and we need to talk about something, whether you're a parent or a coach, you talk about something that needs changed or discipline, their their ears are open, their heart is not closed, but they need to know that we delight in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when people care, then when they know we care, then they will care about how we communicate yeah. with them. Yeah. And, and that is an extremely important uh, idea, it seems to me. Uh, another line that you have, I'm going through these because mm-hmm. they're all so good. Um, don't yell, scream, or shame them. Right. Yeah, it's simply, because God yeah. doesn't do that to you and me. Yeah. He, he doesn't. And if anybody had a right to, God does. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote in uh, one time, uh, I was listening to the lament of these parents. And they were, it was in a Sunday school class, and they were just saying, I don't get it. You know, we gave this child life, and we've provided for them. We've been protecting them. We've been trying to give their life meaning. We're always there for them, and they treat us like we don't exist. <laughs> and they're talking to God that way, and God mm-hmm. says, welcome to my world. Mm-hmm. That's how you deal. I, I've had to do that with you, and yet my love for you it has nothing to do with it. I, it cares. I, and I, I like to define grace as giving people something they desperately need but don't necessarily deserve. Mm-hmm. And so and, – and, and bless their hearts. Parents I mean, do that all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you're talking about somebody believing you. When we became grandparents for the first time uh, – excuse me, when we, when we became parents for the first time, Karis was born, our, our girl. And it was born in the middle of the night, uh, about 1 o'clock. She had an emergency C-section. Mm. So that night, um, when I was there, you know, you have on hospital scrubs. And right, so right. – 
uh, you look like you work there, but I, I was just there to kind of <laughs> become a dad. So I'm, a, I'm so excited about this brand new baby. And she was in a, she was in a, a, a you know, a nursery, bassinet. basically a little bassinet. Mm-hmm. But she was the only one in there, and she was wrapped up like a little burrito. And and there in the middle, about two o'clock in the morning, these two elderly people came flying in to the visiting room and came up to the glass, and they're looking down, and, and apparently it's a set of grandparents. And they think this is their grandchild. Hmm. And I saw immediate heart connection mm-hmm. in them. They were just going on and on, and they're crying and all that stuff. And and the, the problem was I didn't recognize them, so they weren't our <laughs> But Daryl, there was one other baby born that night. Uh-huh. But he wasn't in a bassinet hmm. because our baby was six pounds – 11 ounces. 11 ounces. This child was over 13 pounds. Wow. 13. So he wouldn't fit in the basket. And he was over on like a forklift over in the <laughs> side here. And, and, so, and I realized, oh, that's the grandparents of this child. And I had to get their attention. Uh-huh. And, I, and I mouthed the words. I pointed over and said, he's yours. Uh-huh. And their look of hor- they were horrified when they saw the gigantic you know baby yeah, yeah, over there yeah. but 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 then when i saw something amazing happen it's a god thing they disconnected mm-hmm. they went over there and then i went and shoved that baby's uh thing the thing that platform they had them uh-huh. on over to the window and they started crying over that one and i said see that's a that's a thing that god does he hooks us up to these kids and grandkids and if that's all they have it's amazing how far they can get through life. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still remember very vividly when our first girl was born. We were in Aberdeen in Scotland, and uh, they handed me the baby for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm holding this child, and the, I, I don't think I've ever had another moment in life mm-hmm. where I went, this is this is a what just happened is is a miracle. This period. is a miracle. Period. Miracle. Period. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, and just overwhelmed with the sense of I am now participating in a moment in which life is being passed on. Yes. yes. You know, and, and just the sense of overwhelming amazement at and then the, <laughs> yeah, responsibility. The, exactly and right. Yeah. Exactly right. Whoa. In fact, when when I do when I do premarital counseling, I, I say to couples, I say, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna happen. I'm telling you it's gonna happen so that when it happens, you know that it's gonna happen and you know it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And, and what I say yeah. is is that at some point after you get marriage married, you will understand what you had just vowed you were committing yourself to. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You wake up and you go, I am with this person for the rest of my, my life. life. Exactly. You know? For <laughs> worse. For worse. Yeah. And, I, and, and there's, no, there's no out, you know. Yeah, no turning back. And no turning back. And, mm-hmm. and I said, and that will initially horrify you. Yep. <laughs> and what were we thinking on that day that this was a, actually a good, good idea? idea? Exactly, and you, and you have that, and I say that is a perfectly normal reaction. Yep. It's that good to see. you know, it's good it, when it happens. Go, okay, I was told about this. Uh, it's okay. It's natural, and then just settle in for the long haul. Exactly right, and, and, and that's where the real love starts to happen. Exactly right, and 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 having a child, I don't I don't think we uh, when we hold a child, I don't think we go through that experience, but we go through an experience that says all of a sudden I realize yeah. that I am um, initially it's important initially responsible 
for what happens with this little package of life that, that I'm holding. Uh, but the whole goal of the exercise is graduation. Mm-hmm. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a job. Yeah, yeah exactly. By, by the goal. way, and I, I think that that's, that's another thing that it, it makes it tough when we are fear-based or performance-based because, see, I, I wrote a book called Raising Kids Who Turn Out Right, mm-hmm. talking about building character in them. And what I was trying to help people see in the, in the title is a mistake we make is trying to raise kids who go through childhood right. Right. Because that makes us outside-in, performance-based, uh, sin managers, uh, and so forth. Uh, and, and instead of saying, no, they're going to struggle. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to – that's fine. We're going to work with them through that. But I'm out there, and I'm trying to picture what, what does that kid need to have out there mm-hmm. to thrive. And, and probably the biggest thing you want to make sure when he leaves home is he has a confidence in a God that's never going to leave him or forsake him. And and that is not that is not so much taught through the Bible. That's taught through them seeing us live that out. That's right. And their yeah. parents. Yeah. So let's let's talk about character here, because I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, character is a key part of this. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about. Um, so you're teaching them faith. You're teaching them integrity. You're te- and by faith we mean trust. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're uh, you had poise in the list. Yeah. Uh, and I, when you put that in, when when I heard that, I went. Now that one's interesting. Yeah, you know, I've never heard the fruit of the spirit is poise. Uh-huh. So, so let me, what? let me tell you how okay. we came up with this. Okay, there, there's so many words in the Bible about deportment type words, yes. how you behave. And so I got out. Remember the old Young's uh, exhaustive concordance? Yep. Okay, I spent a day at this thing, and I started in letter the first page, and I went through. And every time I saw a word in the Bible talking about how we're supposed, I wrote it on very small on a piece of paper, eight and a half, and I, I just wrote all these words out. And when I got done. I went through all the way through Z. It took me hours and hours. But when I was done, you went I to looked, Young's, and by the time you were done, you were old. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I looked through that, and I said, "Now I can see some of these things are, they're, they're, they're synonyms." synonyms. Uh-huh. And so I took another piece of paper out, and started to draw, and I fell into six categories. Mm-hmm. And then I took that word out of there that you could put at the top. That kind of the other ones are good subpoints of, uh-huh. and that worked for five words. Faith, integrity, disciplines, endurance, and courage. Uh-huh. But there was this one thing as kind of balance, equilibrium, uh, whatever. And 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 I borrowed an English word, poise. Uh, in Ecclesiastes seven, he says, he says, this is uh, NIV. He says, "Do not be over righteous, neither be too wise." Um, why destroy yourself? Uh, and and do not be. Uh, uh, um, and do not be like foolish, and, and don't, don't be a fool. Why, why die before your time? It's better to grasp the one and not let go of the other. And then here's the punchline. The man who fears God avoids all extremes. Mm-hmm. And see, poise is helping them get equilibrium. So it's balance. It's balance. And yeah. now, for instance, you were yeah. talking about um, fear. There's certain fear we, we've got to have. There's a good fear. I'm afraid to cr- cross the freeway uh, on foot. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to do that. But there, then take any good word you have and put the word toxic in front of it. Mm-hmm. And you can find that how, oh, even the good stuff can become toxic when it's working against us, whether it's fear, toxic. Um, th- th- there's such a thing as toxic compassion. Mm-hmm. 
where we're trying to help somebody so much that we're making them help less. Well, in fact, that's actually what we've been talking about the whole first half of this podcast was mm-hmm. nothing but someone trying to help someone well-motivated, well-intentioned, right. but everything that's being done actually yeah. undercuts the development right. of the person. Just misguided. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well intended, but misguided. Yeah. the definition poises a keen sense of the appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so for our children, if you're trying to build into them a secure love, they need to feel like someone has taught them how how they should react in given yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so take take music. Mm-hmm. When people say, "Oh, hip hop music is is evil." No. There's good hop, good hip hop, bad hip hop. Help them how to show teach them how to show the difference. There's 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 good uh, video games. There's teach them how to figure out the difference. That's equilibrium. Uh, even with our friend the kids friends, we said, "Look, you're going to have two types of friends. You're going to have asset friends and liability friends." Mm-hmm. Now, they all need a friend. Mhm. And I want you to be a friend of them all. Just don't ask the liability friends any advice. Yeah. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Don't confide in them because they don't know how to handle that. So this is balance. That's it's balance. wisdom. It's 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 a lot of things that are that are wrapped up in the and and I guess what we're driving at with this series of questions is um, there's a lot of stuff that people do that deal with what's going on externally. Yeah. But what you are pushing for in what you're talking about is actually getting people to think about what's going on internally. Mm-hmm. And in, in the midst of thinking about that, it, it, isn't just, it isn't just the outcome that's important. It's the motivation mm-hmm. for the outcome that's mm-hmm. important, those kinds of questions. And that's where, you're, that's, that's where I sense you're pushing. It's ultimately what we're about. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I kind of feel bad, and sometimes I just have to flip the cards over when I'm brought into a church to do a parenting conference or a marriage conference or something. I said, well, i, I got to be honest with you. I know it says marriage, parenting, but that's not the primary focus that I'm here. It's more about you individually mm-hmm. and the Lord. You personally, mom. You personally, dad, or husband and wife. Um, that, that's where so much of this is going to be won or lost. And God wants to parent with them. He wants to be alongside them and journey with them. But it starts with, I think, uh, trusting him. Hmm. And I think the word plays a, a role in it. Well, and the starting point is so important, as you talked about, the three ways that we approach dilemmas. But if you have a flawed starting point, which an overprotective parent would, um, then you're not going to like the Mm -hmm. result. It's not going to be what you had put all this blood, sweat, and tears toward. And um, kids rebel Mm -hmm. then. And and, and that's why we like the word grace, Mm -hmm. because we think grace... Uh, you, you, we could have used the word love, but let me kind of differentiate between those two. They're clearly connected at the hip. Right. But they're different words in the Bible, and yeah, actually absolutely. different words for love exactly, in the yeah. Bible. So I look at love is, is that the number one reflection of our – as us as, as um, image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. He's, he's love. What I see grace as is the Kevlar God wants to put over our love hmm. to protect it. Because the, the onboard love we have just cannot sustain – the, the 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 carpet bombing that we're going to take uh, from the culture around us, or even from our fears and insecurities on the inside, but grace comes in there, and that's why quantifying grace for us changed everything. Because when I saw what this is, what God's grace looks like played out in real time, and this is how He's dealing with me. These are the needs He's meeting in me all the time. These are the freedoms He's given me. These are the character muscles He's building me. These are the these are the heart heart qualities he's building into me. 
So why don't I just turn around and be a vessel of that into my kid's life? So love, I'm going to try and summarize what you just said. So love is what we are to possess, but grace is how we deliver it. That's exactly right. That's what it looks like with yeah. sweat all over it or yeah. a gun to your head. Yeah, because, because, I, because I can love with all the great intentions mm-hmm. someone might have, but if I'm not delivering it in a way that reflects the character of God, mm-hmm. then I, I'm actually I'm creating static. In that no. delivery, and 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 I'm not seeing what love really is designed you know, to be. Our, our daughter uh, wrote the book Grace-Based Discipline, mm-hmm. and she makes such a great distinction on this very thing. Uh, she says, you know, um, the biggest difference between uh, grace-based pa- parenting and you know, is grace-based parents never punish their kids; they only discipline them. And she says the reason is because God doesn't punish His kids. At least not anymore, because he sent his son to take our punishment. That's been taken care. Because punishment is just—it's retribution. Yeah. It's retribution. It's, it's 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 evening a score. Where discipline is, yeah, it's consequences, but it's designed to draw that person into something something far better. And that's what God does with us. Them whom He loves, He disciplines. So, uh, so and, and, but but grace just changes everything for us. It comes to our rescue. Yeah, and and and, and it gives breathing room. I mean, yes. it allows people to breathe. Um, uh, there's a wonderful chapter in Matthew 18. It's talking about the relationships in the church. It's not talking about the family. But it talks about the responsibility, spiritual responsibility we have to one another and, and, and talks about failure. But the whole last part of the chapter is about how if God has forgiven you this great debt, then you ought to be able to forgive a little debt. There's a parable yes, that's built yes. around that. And I'm sitting here going, isn't it interesting that this chapter where there's spiritual responsibility, you know, the woe to the one who leads the little one into sin, you know, mm-hmm. I call that the mafia passage. It's exactly. better to be deep sixed in the <laughs> yeah. sea than to, you know, and, and all that's, and it's dire, some of it, you know, and, but it's, it's designed to communicate. And then that's wrapped. Your Kefalar image. Mm-hmm. It's wrapped in this picture of forgiveness, yes. which is supposed to give people breathing room in the midst of mm-hmm. this mutual accountability that it's also yeah. asking for simultaneously, mm-hmm. that balance, that poise. You, that you know, the way we like to say it, a lot of parents think that they're, 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 they're performing because they think what their kids need are perfect parents. Mm-hmm. No. They never – they don't need – they just need imperfect Grace-filled parents. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what God can do through that. We're all gonna. As Dennis Rady likes to say, we're all crooked sticks, but God picks up crooked sticks and draws straight lines with them all the time. Mm-hmm. It, but it's Him doing it through us, and that's the difference. Yeah. Well, learning how to fail in a world yeah. that's full of failure is actually a pretty yeah. important skill. And 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 so, yeah, it it it's it, it's a challenge to think about. There's one other concept I want to kind of sneak in right here yeah, at the end as we're wiping down. Uh, and I really like this. I like the picture of you. I'm going to try and summarize it this way. You have this four-part thing when you talk about you need to prepare your you need to prepare your child, free their child, empower the child. But I like the last goal. You need to aim them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where where you you have an understanding of where you're taking them, and you and and you're taking them. Uh, we joked about this earlier. You're taking them to a graduation in one sense. Mm-hmm. You're taking them to a place where you go hands off. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and and the, I think what you're, I'm hearing you say is is that the earlier the earlier you back off and give them an understanding of the space that they're going to live in as their lives, the better you serve the child. Absolutely. My father had uh, well, it was five boys, one girl. For us, five boys. He had two rules. He says, "I don't want you breaking these rules." 
And he thought he was being clever when he said, I want you in by 12, and I want you out by 18. And he was serious. Mm. He, and his, he says, you've got to launch. Mm-hmm. Now, now, he was serious, so serious that my one brother, who was still in high school, when his birthday, he says, your birthday present from me is you are now 100% free. You can do anything you want. You're also 100% responsible, and that means for rent, and rent's always paid in advance, and you owe me for this month, and he put some price on it. <laughs> and, and, but, but Dad wasn't being But you knew me. it was coming. Yeah. But, but, but we all knew it was coming, yeah. and he said, look, I'm not going to have you – I'm not going to have you all ready, for, but I'm going to do my best to have you ready to take that first step. But you see, I hurt my – it's not being compassionate to a child if I'm a parent, not preparing them. Right. To take off, but but he but ultimately what you want them to do they're not going off alone if they're going off with Jesus tucked in their heart with a con they saw a confident faith in their parents mm-hmm. and they're taking off with it. But by the way, for the parents that their kids take off and doesn't look like Jesus has any part of your life, uh, he who began a good work in them. He'll perfect it in good time. Right. Don't give up. Don't ever give up on him. And you never know when it might happen. That's exactly right. I mean, I I think that, uh, yeah, I have a brother who came to the Lord at 55. He was Mm -hmm. on an original least likely to convert list. Mm -hmm. I used to joke about this when I was younger. He said, you know, I put my brother on that list with Khrushchev and and Castro. (laughs) I mean, you know, you know, know, he, he was such a skeptic. And boom, in his 50s. Yeah. All of a sudden, he Boom. went through some Isn't stuff in life, and Isn't it changed. Isn't that you know, and so um, you know, you hope for that. And in in the people and the people who were responsible for contributing to that were people literally that God brought into His life. Yes. Yeah. I had absolutely nothing to do with it. Right. And so, uh, um, wow. yeah. God well, is, so we want to aim well as parents, right? Yeah. We want to. Yeah. We want. We want them to aim well. We want to give them the space. Mm-hmm. To fly, and 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 the best, uh, the big mistake we, is if we aim them at the world's view of success. That's mm-hmm. where we get off course. Mm-hmm. That's all about wealth, beauty, power, fame, and all that stuff. No, aim, you want to aim them at uh, uh, the 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 basic thing of discipleship. We talked about this morning. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love neighbors as yourself. Just go out and care. And then, meanwhile, you've got an education, you got skills, and you can get a job and so. But we show them what love looks like played out in real life, they'll and, be fine. And recognize that the power that God gives us when he gives yeah. us his spirit is greater yeah. than anything we face that's Big out time. there, and mm-hmm. so he can be trusted. Well, I want to thank you both Thanks, for ha- for taking the time to discuss this, and um, hopefully it's been a uh, help for people. We thank you yeah. for your ministry. Yeah. Family Matters, uh, familymatters.net, is that the yeah, website? Yeah, there's plenty there for them to learn from, and, and the small group um, – uh, Bible studies, they don't, the only bad thing is they have to invite Darcy and I to their Bible study, but she does the <laughs> intros and exits. But we get them unpacked, we get them really dealing with the parts of grace and how to play that out. And when they start to interact with their friends and get deeper in the scriptures, it comes alive for them. That's great. Yeah. Well, we so, thank you for doing you're this. You're welcome. We really do thank appreciate you. it. And we thank you for being a part of the table. We hope you'll be back with us again soon. If you have a topic you would like for us to consider for a future episode, please feel free to email us at the table at dts.edu. We take them under consideration. We figure out, all right, that's a great topic. Who should we interview to deal with it? And we're off and running. So we appreciate your involvement with us at the table, and we, again, hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu slash the table.
Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth, love well.